the point of that parable is to to understand the fact that like or one of the one of the points of that parable is to understand the fact that uh, you need to be watchful lest you be that guy right don't be that guy <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that's a good application of that and and especially while my kids are little and I'm tired right is to just understand that um, you know if there was ever a time where it's easier for me to screw up it's easier for me to screw up right now yeah 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 uh, and and yeah that that shouldn't like fill me with shame or something but like it should it should uh, inspire some sober-mindedness this is the defiant dad podcast show Number 17, coming to you today from the great state of Texas. My name is Andrew Sullivan. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. Defiant is defined in the dictionary as showing a disposition to challenge, resist, or fight. Uh, This podcast equips fathers to fight for themselves and for their families using the truth of the gospel. Uh, Jason Small, he's a friend of mine, and he's a deacon at the City Church in Fort Worth. And as you'll soon hear on this episode... Uh, He's an incredibly thoughtful and well-read guy with a a lot of truly great uh, and unique perspectives on what it means to be a Bible-believing man in this day and age. Uh, Another thing I love about him is he's just a regular guy. Uh, He's an engineer, he's a husband, he's a father of two very young sons, and uh, I wanted to be sure on this podcast to have people like him uh, to show you that you you don't have to be some sort of a vocational minister to live a life that's eternally impactful on your family and your friends and on the world around you. Uh, Jason also has several unintentional sound bites in this interview that I really think are worth writing down or repeating, uh, including the including the idea, excuse me, that uh, to come to faith in Christ is to be reintroduced to God's intended order, uh, which was previously hidden by sin. It's a really great interview with a highly intelligent guy, and I know you're going to be built up by what he has to say. So with that, let's jump in. That's a great age. I, yeah. I don't know about you, but like when I was in fourth grade, like I felt, I felt like I was really grown up. Yeah, isn't that weird? I think I started to really be like, I don't know, thoughtful about my age at eight or nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know like what it was about yeah. that age, but I remember thinking. This is what it feels like to be grown up, you know. Like I probably <laughs> didn't even funny. have like armpit hair yet or something. Yeah, but yeah, sure, I yeah. Like, yeah. I was, but I don't know. There's something about that age where I just felt like I have arrived. Yeah. So and that's no, funny. And then like in hindsight, I think it's it's really cool because that you're doing that, and so many people from our church are doing that because it's such a moldable age. That's what they tell us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I was talking to Jeff last night, not specifically about Academy Four, but yeah, about that age of, of kid, you know, the teenager, you know, fourth yeah. or sixth grade. And there's some sort of magic that goes on in those ages mm-hmm. where you, you're, you're transitioning from child yeah. to teenager. But yeah. I think it's about that time where you really start to, if you're fortunate, you start to have people in your life who are shaping you into the person that you're going to ultimately end up being, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like those, I imagine like a lump of clay, you know, that's been yeah, worked sure. on for, for a decade, you know, but like for some reason at that point, like those final molds, I guess, imprints of the thumb and so forth yeah. are, are starting to take place. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being too. No. I, 
yeah, I, I mean, I think I really started to really started to take the shape I am now around that age. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's cool. Well, Jason, yeah. thank you so much for coming in to the podcast. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, making some time. Like I said, I know that there's a lot of things you could do on a Friday night. You could be home with your wife and your babies and, you know, just enjoying uh, a Friday night off. So the fact that you're here in this garage office with me <laughs> sharing your heart, man, it really means so much to me. Um, thanks for, have you ever done a podcast before? I have not. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will be fun, man. It'll be easy. Yeah. It'll be easy. Good. We're just going <laughs> to hang out here and talk. Yeah. Um, I want you to start off by telling us, um, telling us, like, what do you do now? What is your job? And then I want to know more about your growing up and, you know, your testimony, like how you came to the Lord and what your home life is like. I, I just want to get to know a whole lot more about you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I do a lot of things now. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want this closer or further? Okay. Here you go. Yeah, well, um, so for probably the biggest thing in life right now is uh, being a being a husband and father. Right? I've got two little boys, um, two almost two years old and um, five months ish. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um, and uh, do some things with our church too. I'm a I'm a deacon at City Church, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, Beyond that, just normal like fixing up a house and yeah, those kinds of things. That's cool. Yeah, so where, yeah. where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, in Hampstead, Maryland, which is about halfway between Baltimore and Gettysburg. Okay, um, so it's not like the it's not like the DC metropolitan area. A lot of people from here think of when they That's think exactly about what Maryland. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I grew up like near cornfields and cow pastures and yeah it's definitely not what i think of when we I think got, Ireland. we were late to things because we got stuck behind tractors and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> okay yeah. yeah awesome yeah it was a good place to grow up really um, that's cool yeah yeah I, I spent most of my days playing in the woods that sounds awesome it was good yeah sounds like just classic boyhood oh yeah it was good man it was good that's uh cool. i loved it um and then uh my my uh family are believers um I'm really, really blessed that way. Um, on both sides of my family, there's a, mm. there's a um, really significant appreciation for the Lord and for Christian life. My mom's family is mostly Catholic, um, and my dad's family is is Protestant, um, mm. and uh, and you know my folks are Protestant um, and grew up in the church. Um, real fortunate that my my parents decided to take that seriously too um you know i I first heard the gospel as a little kid in church right some some guy i didn't know shared the gospel with me and it cut me to the heart right and i was i was i I mean i was a little kid but i was a stubborn little kid and i knew that i liked things my way and yeah and uh, i was just really arrested by this guy's presentation of the gospel and the fact that um you know apart from god uh i was destined for ultimate loss, uh, mm. and that, that with God, I, I had ultimate good, right? I, I knew yeah. that, um, you know, heaven and hell were a big deal to me as a little kid, and, and I knew that Jesus could forgive me and take me to be with, he- to be with him in heaven, and I, I wanted that, um, so I, I decided to follow the Lord as a little kid, um, mm. grew up in the church. We did a lot with church when I was a little kid. Uh, I probably really got serious about faith 
um, maybe that's the wrong way to say it. I really got um, energetic about faith, hmm. like in middle school. Okay. Yeah, probably around age 13. I like that word, energetic. Yeah, well, I mean, we it was always serious, right? It's like, hmm. yeah, we went to church and did all this stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, when you say Protestant, what was your what was your church? <laughs> we were all over the place. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, non Like when I heard or? the gospel, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we were at a, a PCUSA church, okay. uh, which I I think meant something else than it means now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, lots changed. In yeah. Twenty yeah. thirty years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then you know. Most of my most of my growing up, though, we were at a like a Bible church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty Baptistic Bible church. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them seem to be that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, so when you say you you became more energetic about your faith, what did that look like as a as a middle schooler? Yeah, man. Um, I got real excited about reading the Bible on my own. I think I'd read through the Bible on my own at thirteen. Um, I just cared a lot about what God had to say. Um, I started thinking really hard about sharing the gospel with people. Um, I I started reading a lot, um, not just the Bible, but like uh, like biographies of different Christians and things like that, oh, yeah. and. Um, like volunteering with stuff at church and it's just, yeah, it was th- just those life. sorts of things. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. What, what was high school like for you? Um, I was homeschooled okay. uh, about, I think my junior year started taking classes at a community college because mm. we just, it was just easier that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, had some had some really good friendships through uh campus crusade at my mm-hmm. community college um mm. and uh doing stuff like that yeah that's yeah. great and you know most of high school i didn't really know what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um i knew that i wanted to be involved in missionary work at some point and mm. um i took a physics class and <laughs> thought you know what this is this is pretty cool yeah, uh, and that's that's how I ended up uh, going into engineering. Yeah, yeah. Phys- physics uh, was always the the science, the physical science, I guess that I enjoyed. Yeah, you know, I did IPC and did biology and stuff. Physics made sense to me. Yeah, because it's like it's if I did sensible. the math wrong and yeah. a cat is running two hundred miles per hour, yeah, yeah I know I carried the decimal wrong. That's right, right. Yeah. But I couldn't yeah. tell you the weight of an atom of carbon, like you know. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, I get that. So yep, I get that, man. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, yeah. And, uh, I was hanging out with my grandparents for a week. My grandfather had had heart surgery and, um, I volunteered to hang out with him and help him out while he was recovering. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was a cool week. My, my grandfather, uh, really is the the person who taught me how to study the Bible. Mm. And, um, we, he like handed me a book to read while we were there. We're like, read this. We'll talk about it in the evenings. And, uh, it, it was just a really cool week. But while I was there, uh, some friends of his came to visit and, and recommended the uh, school I ended up attending in East Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
went to Laterno University. Laterno, that's great right. Great little Christian college. Yeah. 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 That's a, such a long way from Maryland. I'm, yeah. How yeah. did you In every way. Uh, through these people who came to visit my grandfather. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had a they had a kid at Laterno. Oh. I don't even know who it was now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember their names, and oh. I don't know that I ever met their kid. But Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just seemed to like it enough and seemed like the good fit. And... Yeah, you know, the application didn't require an essay, and I was sick of writing essays. Oh, yeah. Only two applications in. So, <laughs> yeah, wasn't super ambitious about that in yeah. high school. But. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's as if yeah. you're not writing enough essays in high school and stuff. I guess, like, yeah. Who I, wants to do more? There's no good excuse. But yeah. uh, I. Uh, but it worked out, praise God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good place to be. Um, they offered me a scholarship, and I went and visited and wow. um, thought, like, man, I, I think this is where— I think this is where God has me. And um, mm. so it was, it was a real good experience. And I, I think a lot of my listeners who might've gone to like more traditional, like big state kind of universities. Like yeah. What, what is the, what's Laterno like? Like <laughs> is a smaller Christian yeah. college university. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh man, there's a lot of ways you could go with that, but it's small, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like 1500 students on campus. Okay. Um, I think the, the, the thing that was really good for me at Laterno was um, the proximity to professors, right? Mm. I I, um, I don't think I was, after my freshman year, I don't know that I was in a class with more than 20 students. That's great. Um, and the professors there weren't paid enough, so they were just there because they loved students. And, yeah. Um, they really poured into us. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they really poured into us, and uh, and um, you know, it was I, I had a really good experience there. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and I assume in a place like that, all all the professors would have Christian faith. Like, yeah, they were they were required to. Yeah, yeah you, you weren't were. required to be a believer to attend, but you were to work there. Yeah, um, uh, to be, I guess you weren't to be an adjunct professor, but, but maybe to, to be, be tenured. A, to be a yeah, and to be a, like a regular full time yeah. role. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good place. And, you know, because it was small, um, we had to be a little more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't just kind of run through a program. There was a lot more flexibility. Um, I did undergrad and grad school there. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends who did mechanical engineering grad school, uh, it was like getting a job, right? They, like, they came on to an existing program with an assignment and this was your research assignment for the next two years or three years, however long it took you. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, and I came into grad school and was handed the keys to an empty room. Wow. Uh, but it wasn't quite empty. It had stuff I had to move out of it. But, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. No, you're um, good. yeah. So there, there wasn't tons of funding, wasn't tons of, of, uh, direction that way, but, I also had the liberty to do things I couldn't do anywhere else. Mm. Um, so uh, we could do cool stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then towards the end of grad school, I met Jess. Yeah, well, uh, that's my next question. Yeah. Yeah, so I got set. we got set up. Um, one of my classmates, a, a great guy, uh, we had neighboring offices in grad school. And um, we didn't work on the same stuff, but we spent a little bit of our downtime together and probably too many of our late nights in the hallway. Um, 
and uh, he was a good guy. Uh, my last semester in school, we were sharing some burritos, and he was like, do you have a girlfriend? No. He's like, do you want one? I was like, well, I'm kind of busy, man. I, I'm, like, not sleeping as it is. <laughs> yeah, like, how could I possibly? Uh, yeah, I think I was sleeping five hours a night or something. Oh, man. Because uh, I was working and going yeah. to school and doing too many things at once. But yeah. he was like, well, would you want a girlfriend? I was like... <laughs> I mean, who does it, right? It's when I'm done with classes, that'd be fun. Yeah. And he was like, "Okay, well, I have somebody you need to meet." And I was like, "Well, why?" And he's like, "Oh, she's weird like you." <laughs> so, okay, fair enough, man. And and you know, I think that was in it was at the beginning of a semester. Yeah. Um, I finished classes, and he was like, "Okay, man, let's 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 put you guys on a date." And so wow, he remembered. Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. I went to we went to Bar Taco and <laughs> I was twenty minutes late because I got caught in traffic behind a car that was literally on fire. Oh my um, goodness! And I'm impressed you. And it worked from out. That. She believed you. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, <laughs> Jess is great. She waited, and the whole staff of Bar Taco breathed a sigh of relief when I walked through the door. It was. Yeah. It was weird. Well, I mean, you had a <laughs> yeah. You could stay in touch. Yeah. Right? No, no, I didn't have her number. Oh, uh, no. It was a, t- it was a total oh, blind boy, date, Oh, boy, she man. is definitely a saint then because yeah, I imagine is. after 20 minutes, a lot of women would have been like, I'm out of here, yeah. I got well, stood up. Yeah. She's great. Uh, yeah, but we didn't even have phone numbers, so it was it was, uh, it was was wild, but it was good. And That's cool. We dated for not very long, seven months, I think, and then got engaged um at christmas of that year yeah um that's fun and got married as things were shutting down for covid (laughs) yeah yeah we got married in our living room of the apartment i had just gotten the keys to oh man did you were you one of the couples who had to make a lot of drastic last minute changes because of because of covid yeah kind of yeah um i can certainly relate to that we um we had I had a pretty simple wedding plan to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when things were kind of locking down, we're like, you know what? We need to just do this before it gets harder to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so called the guy who was going to officiate and said, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? <laughs> I just got keys to an apartment. Nice. And he was like, uh, I'm driving to West Texas. I could meet you there. And So, you know, we each moved our stuff in separately and then – I showed up Saturday morning with my friend who was officiating and wow. he had his wife and Jess found a photographer and wow. that was that. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any family there at all? No. Not even your folks? No, I mean my folks would have had to drive from Maryland. And, yeah, well I was and, wondering if and they... it was I mean, those were those were weird times, man. They were yeah. talking about like What's your anniversary? Needing to you carry probably just, uh you probably just March, told me. March no, I didn't tell you. Uh March uh oh man. <laughs> it's been a long it's, day, dude. It's okay. Well, my wife's birthday, our anniversary, and the day we bought our house are all like within a couple of days oh, of it's each okay. other. I March twenty eighth. Yeah. yeah, March twenty eighth. March of twenty twenty. Yeah. And her birthday is the twenty fourth, and we bought a house on the twenty sixth. Yes. Not of the same year, but yeah. yeah. I well, it's funny. Yeah, I I distinctly remember March of twenty twenty. You know, being a musician yeah. and stuff. Like, I remember because my birthday is March eighth, and my anniversary is the fourteenth. Yeah, and. I remember seeing the news of other states closing things down, and I was like, Texas yeah. will never do this, yeah. yada, 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 yada. Yeah. I had so many bookings, like spring, especially mm-hmm. like once the warm weather warms up, like late March through like 
mid-June yeah. is one of the busiest stretches of, t- of my year always because okay, yeah. the weather is perfect. Yeah. Just only incrementally warmer each week. You know, it's really not truly hot in Texas summer till like late June. Right. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certainly some weekends in <laughs> yeah. May they get hot, but you know. The spring is the best season in Texas. Yeah, oh, yeah. it is for yeah. sure. Uh, and then I distinctly remember March of 2020 because I think I had about a 48 or 72 hour period where every gig that I had booked from the end of March through about mid-June. Good night. Canceled. Yeah. I mean, it was like 18, 20 gigs or something. Yeah. Just every email I got was just bad news, bad yeah. news, bad news. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Well, and those were the days where like you had to, they recommended you carry a letter from your employer in your car yes. right, to justify being out on the road. And uh, so that was why our family wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. well, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah, I, yeah. That, when you yeah. told me the day, I yeah. it definitely makes sense. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, so but, it, but man, it was a blessing too, right? We had a pretty low pressure first few months of being married. Nobody expected to see us anywhere. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's actually <laughs> nice now that I think about it. Yeah, we just go to work and go home. Yeah. That's awess- awesome. Yeah. Um, what is, what's Jess's background? Yeah, um, she's from here. Uh, mm-hmm. She grew up in Fort Worth, and uh, her her family are believers. She grew up uh, in the church, um, mm-hmm. and uh, she studied ministry in college and um, was working as a nanny when we met and mm-hmm. um, has been walking with the Lord as long as she can remember. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. I know that every time my wife's had a had a talk with Jess, like— She's always come away just been like, man, just is super cool. Yeah, she's solid, man. Yeah. 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 So that's cool, man. What a blessing. For yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you can't, nobody can give you that, right? And you can't even really like, um, you can't just get lucky with that, right? The, the Proverbs say that like wealth and land are inherited, but a good wife is from the Lord, mm. right? And that's. if you know you know right you can you can tell because he's like man i you know i the lord orchestrated this right and and it's good how soon did you know oh how how soon i know i was ready to get married she was Uh, the one yeah uh about seven months yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. no i i'm a slow thinker yeah well okay i get it well i'll ask Something I've been asking a lot of my guests recently is, what did, who would you be if not for the gospel and for the impact of, of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, in your life? man, that's a good question, and um, and I know it's kind of hard knowing that you you came yeah. to faith at such a young age, but I imagine you know people who grew up similarly or, or family members or something like something you could project. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, you know, it's anybody's guess, right? I I don't know. Um, I, uh, I really appreciated what, um, his name, Justin, mm-hmm. the guy whose episode aired recently. Yeah, I, my friend I, Justin. I, yeah. I appreciated how he answered that question. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a good, honest answer, not, not kind of trying to like really trump up some crazy story, but, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I think like, uh, I'd just be living for myself. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily know what that would look like. That of might course. just look like being a ski bum. Huh. I, I really don't know. Do you like to ski? 
I, yeah, I mean, I'm not that much, but I, I like to ski. I, I can't really afford to ski, but I like to ski. Yeah, I can't afford yeah. to ski either. Yeah. I would love to go yeah. ski. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, or something like that. Yeah, there'd be yeah. some... I'd just be living for myself, right? Some Looking out for number seems one. worthy to you. Yeah. It's not the gospel. Yeah, I think I'd just be, yeah, doing my own thing. Yeah. So that could be more or less wholesome. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I asked that question, you know, just because... I think there are a lot of folks who have gone to church their whole lives, you know, who know more or less facts about the Bible yeah. and facts about biblical theology, but they don't know the Lord. Yeah. In the way that, you know, I'd say you or I do, or a lot of my or my guests have, you know, do. And um, I don't know. I, I There's something that... I, I'm stumbling for words here, but I think it's... I'm trying to speak to, like, the transformative power of the gospel in your life. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah you well, know? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, it, maybe it's a simple answer, but I, I think there's a really profound difference between having the having a Lord and living for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, um, and that can look like a lot of different things, yeah, right? It can be more wholesome, and you might look more like a Pharisee, yeah, right? Or it could be less wholesome, and I could be drugged out of my mind in a gutter somewhere, <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah, living for yourself can look like a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Something I want to ask you um, also is, um, and I asked Justin, actually, if you listen to his episode, you, you've heard this question too. What, as a man who's married to, to a woman with a strong faith, um, who's highly intelligent, who's a deep thinker, uh, how, how do you lead her? What does that look like in your marriage? You know, because men are called to be the leaders of their family spiritually. Um, you know, I'm married to a, a very intelligent uh, fluent in theology woman. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, it's a very awkward way to say that, you know, uh, but you know what I'm saying? And sure. I, I'm always curious to know, like, what does it look like in your family? Yeah. Well, I mean, like the better the members of your team are, the better your team is. Hmm. Right. So that's a, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. no, there's no shame in, in any of that. Um, yeah. And and you don't need to play the whole game of like uh, I don't know. My wife warned me that I was in a spicy mood before I came here, so oh. I'll be careful. But uh, I don't like when people kowtow and say things like, "My wife is so much better than me." Yeah, right. It's like, yeah. come on, man. There's like, an air in which I believe but, when people but, say that, but then there's an air I'm like, really? Yeah, really? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah. But uh, if she's so much better than you. Like, either you're a manipulative creep for tricking her into marrying you, <laughs> uh, okay. or whatever, right? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. It was spiciness aside. I always wonder if people uh, say that they've been married for like 25 years, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Like, man, I what get happened? Probably just being generous. Yeah. You know, oh, I I get it too. I I I appreciate the sentiment too, and I'm super grateful for my wife. Um, and I think that you know, the better the members of your team are, the better your team is, right? Mm. So yeah. Uh, what does leading look like in that is your question. I think, um, I'm still learning, right? I've been married for three years. Um, something, uh, Chris says a lot. Chris Taylor says a lot. It's been helpful for me thinking about leading is just going first. Hmm. Um, that's a big aspect of, of leading, Mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, no matter the caliber of the people you're leading, um, 
And, and so I, I think that's really important. Um, Taking responsibility is a really important piece of that too, right? Uh, you know, it's it's gross to unfairly blame your wife for stuff in a weak moment, but it's even worse to like claim to be leading and to blame your wife for stuff all the time. Mm, mm-hmm. That's just that's just gross. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's not leading. Yeah. Um, and then like, uh, you know, maybe there's probably a few good examples of that but also like there's a very real aspect too of just trying to stay ahead of the ball Mm. right Mm -hmm. it's like if you've got an awesome life then like step up your game man Mm -hmm. um you know i mean when do you get up in the morning do you get up early enough to read the bible and pray or so that you can bring something to the table Mm. with your awesome wife um or are you just kind of riding yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's a piece of it too. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that. I like that. I think there's something you brought to mind that I once heard in, in on the terms of, uh, as it relates to leadership, I heard a guy say, uh, given a speech once, he said that when you're the leader of your family, um, things, you, you take responsibility for all the things that happen to your family. Yeah. You know I mean? And yep. it sounds so obvious, but like, even things that like seem like bad luck, you yeah. know, like you sit back and you think like, yeah. well, it seems like bad luck because I wasn't prepared for this contingency. Yeah. You know, ahead of time. Uh, sure. And so what is that? I mean, there's so many ways you can go with that, but yeah. And you, and, and, um, you know, you can, you can melt down and have a tantrum in those cases or you can just go on and deal with it. Right. But yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got some growing to do in that area too, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. What is, um, one of the things that I'm always fascinated to, to learn about couples whenever I get to know them over time is like, it, it, I'm fascinated to see rather how people are complementary with one another. Um, for example, I, if I could put it briefly with my wife, like I am, uh, like a, I would say a pragmatic artist. Yeah. Like I'm an artist at heart, but I'm also way more practical than a lot of artistic yeah. people. <laughs> sure. You know, yeah. um, my wife is very much a pragmatist, Yeah. but she's also very, very artistic. Okay. Which you would never know. Like if you only just got to know her a little bit, but she, she, she was like voted like most artistic in her high school class. Okay. And like all cool. these things. So it's funny that she works in medicine. You guys now. went to high school together? No, no. Oh, I yeah. just know, oh, yeah. knew that from her, yeah. but like, you know, so it's kind of funny to see, like, as I think of it, like that, like we very much have complementary roles with one another. You know, yeah. we're like she's definitely the science mind, and I'm definitely the artist, creative uh-huh. mind. But we have elements of each other yeah. also in our personality, yeah. and it plays out, and also in our spiritual life in different ways. Um, yeah, man. How, how does that work out for you guys? Yeah, um, man. My wife's much more pragmatic than I am. Um, she does not suffer a fool, uh, <laughs> which is can be a little unnerving sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, um, it's that's been a blessing. Just that aspect on its own. There's lots of ways we're different, but but that 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 specific aspect has been a blessing. Just because push me to try to think think about like. <clears throat> Man, how does this stuff? How does this stuff work? How does it matter? Mm-hmm. Right? Like we can talk and talk and talk about how the gospel changes things, but like, 
are we just yeah. are we just using the gospel as a filler word or, mm. or, or like does that really mean something mm. right like yeah so um could, could you give an example of something like that oh sure um man um give a give a good example give it give a non-spicy example so um like yeah i don't know i, th- I think it's very easy uh, especially just like in the uh, I, don't, I don't know if tradition is the right word to use but the tradition we're a part of uh-huh. uh, it's very easy to say that the gospel changes everything right and, and it's true it it's, it's true. not untrue yeah um and like to say that we need to apply the gospel to every area of life. And, and so then that's a good quick answer, hmm. uh, to a lot of problems. But then, um, like how does the, how does the gospel change the way you talk? Hmm. Right. For an, for example, how's the, how's the gospel change the way you talk? What, is, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, right. And if you were to say like, well, what, what is the gospel? And, depending on how you explain what is the gospel changes the way you answer that question. Right. Cause I think the gospel does change the way I, sh- I should talk. And, yeah. and if the gospel is really taken root, it ought to change the way that I talk. But yeah. Um, so, so, you know, if, what is the gospel then for yeah. you? In your, in your words, what yeah, is the gospel? Man, there's, I mean, there's different ways that to explain the gospel truthfully in different situations. I don't, I don't think it's wrong to say that the gospel is simply to repent and believe Mm-hmm. And then you'll be saved. I, I think that's, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. But um, but if we're gonna apply the gospel to everything, mm-hmm. you know, you need a more you need you also need a more robust way of explaining the gospel for mm-hmm. for talking about things like your speech or yeah how you treat your dog or what you do at work or, yeah, or, or any number of complex situations yeah. in marriage or yeah. interpersonal relationships or and so I think I think it starts with. Um, <coughs> I think it, I think a good I think a good place you can start is like where where the gospels go mm-hmm. um, and and the gospels especially you know we're we're talking about Mark at church right mm-hmm. now but but Luke is this way too and so is Matthew mm-hmm. um, have a tremendous focus and and John does this too in a different way but they, yeah, there's the a big focus on Jesus as Lord mm-hmm. um, and so you know if you were to explain that to somebody. It, Jesus goes around preaching the gospel of the kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And so w- what is that? And I, it's been helpful to me to think of the gospel of the kingdom as um, the fact that God made everything and everything belongs to him, right? So start there. And so if God designed everything, God's got a design intent for everything too, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, you know, in, in sin and weakness, we've fallen away from that. Uh, but because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, not only can we be forgiven, but um, we've been we've been reintroduced to the design intent of God through mm. the work and teaching of Jesus. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and then also, grace and I mean, truly, grace empowers us to live in the design intent of God, and and not to say that we'll be perfect, right? But um, you know, it's it's all grace that you could have a, a God glorifying marriage, um, with all the all the all the pressures and, and stumbling blocks that are in life. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, what do we mean by grace? Well, you know, use use grace there to just talk about 
um, the power of God at work in somebody's life, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Grace. That word grace is charis, like charism, mm-hmm. right? It's it's God working on things, mm-hmm. um, and and so yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, right? And so yeah, how does the gospel change the way you talk? Well, it's like a big piece of that is going to be seeing, you know, what is God intend speech for, hmm. right? And, and how can you learn to look to God to help you speak? Um, I think that's a way to, to that example, how the gospel speaks to, to everything. Yeah. 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 Or like in fatherhood, right? Well, that's uh, the next but, question. Yeah. 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 The, back to the, yeah. I, I love everything you say. First of all, I think you said something great in there when you said, I'd never put it, heard it put this way, but <clears throat> I think I've heard it put, you know, some synonyms for a lot of these things, but the specific words you used, I really enjoyed where you said, God as creator has an intended order and purpose for everything. And then we fall away from that because huh. of sin. And then we, through coming to know the Lord, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are reintroduced to the intended order. Yeah. I love that. It's it, so beautiful. Like, I, I, I never... I don't think I've ever just thought of it in such th- like a, just a simple three sentence kind of way like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, I don't know. Well, praise God. It's pretty arresting, right? I mean, just <laughs> like what Jesus does when he preaches the gospel of the kingdom, like really shakes the place up, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I can't remember if it was with Justin or if it was with uh, my friend Jared, who was, whose episode comes out this coming Monday. But we were talking about how the gospel, I think it was with Jared, the gospel to the cultural Christian, yeah. the gospel, the church, let's just say church, like mm-hmm. a little C church religion, yeah. you know, Christian religion is a, um, <clears throat> is like a, a supplement, a vitamin yeah, sure. or something that you yeah. have in your life, you know? Yeah. And you see this a lot with so-called seeker sensitive churches, you know, and perhaps ones that aren't very faithful and they're preaching yeah, sure. the Bible where they would say, you know... <clears throat> You where they they frame it as if like you the believer are the main character, yeah, and God is going to lift you up to do all these great things so that yeah. you can be the MVP of your life, yeah. And that's not the God. That's not what I know the truth of the gospel of the scriptures to say, yeah. You know, it, it, the truth of the matter is that Jesus, God, is the center, yeah. <laughs> and we are joining His purposes. <laughs> I read this awesome book um, at the beginning of this year called Foolishness of the Greeks by Leslie Newbegin. Okay. He was a if you don't know who he was, he was a he was a missionary in India for yeah, a while, and then after he retired from that, he, I guess he moved back to England or, or somewhere in the West, um, and started to write and and to and to write about uh, what it would mean for the West to have a missionary encounter with the gospel, hmm. and um, it's a it's a very profound book, and it's a it's a short book, which is a which is something that that a lot of people can't do, um, is write a short book, but, um, it's really good. I, I really recommend it. And, and what he says in that again. book, it's called Foolishness to the Greeks. Okay. His name is Leslie Newbegin. Yeah. Okay. I think it has two S's in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't spell it without Google. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, the title I can remember. Yeah. Foolishness to the Greeks. And, and if you remember his name, <laughs> you'll find lots of things he wrote. But, yeah. um, okay. in that book... He says that for the West to have a uh, missionary encounter with the gospel, the 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 primary thing that has to be proclaimed is that Jesus is King, and like 
that's like going to be the most arresting thing to to modern Western people. And yeah. so you talk about like people putting themselves as the main character in the story. And, yeah. And the, I mean, the gospel is really opposed to that. Jesus is the main character of the story. He's king. Absolutely. You're not. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's such a it's such a disservice those churches do whenever. <clears throat> they paint the gospel as like a vitamin to your life that's already ongoing, you know, like yeah, you're sure. like a, your turbo boost to your yeah. Corolla of life, yeah, you sure. know, or something. Yeah. Uh, because really it's a bait and switch because like they, I get why they do that. Like yeah. even churches that mean well, that maybe have a, truly a Bible believing head elder or yeah, something, sure. you know, they mean well, like, Oh, well we'll get people in the door yeah. and event through saturation and repetition yeah. and time. They'll hear the real message of the gospel. It seems like bait and switch to me, you know, like, yeah, well, and, and ultimately like, I, you know, I don't know, I know that those churches introduced that idea, right? It's what people's itching ears want to hear. Mm. Yeah. And they're just scratching people's ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, I, <clears throat> yeah, boy, you just brought a, to, to mind a conversation I had this week, uh, with, with an individual who, um, is a ordained minister of a local, not a local, of a national Protestant denomination. Okay. And um, <clears throat> an acquaintance, not what I wouldn't say like a friend, but mm -hmm. it, was, it was a serious conversation. Uh, he made this comment in passing of, of uh, he said, I, don't, I, I believe Jesus is God, but not merely because the Bible says so. <laughs> okay yeah, yeah hold yourself aloof of the word of god Great. yeah well i know right and so i immediately asked yeah. about his thoughts on second timothy three sixteen. with yeah. all scripture is god breathed and profitable yeah. and so on you know yeah all scripture the first word all yeah. you know and it's like if the bible says that jesus is god yeah he's god yeah. <laughs> you know and he is interesting what the conversation boiled down to and you've probably come across you're very intelligent guy, and I know you know a lot of people, so you've probably come across people like this who, as I have, who've said, I love Jesus, and I believe the words of Jesus only in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like I, people say, he, his, what it boiled down to after a number of questions and answers and hashing things out, it came down to, like, I love Jesus, but I don't think Paul got it right. You know? Oh, sure. Because Paul's yeah. not loving, yeah, and yeah, Paul's yeah. this and all that, so yeah. I don't, I don't listen, I don't, put any trust in the, sure. <laughs> in the letters of Paul or any of the other apostles only yeah. in Jesus, you know? Uh, and there's all sorts of implications of that that are just heretical. But then uh, <clears throat> there's something else I was going to say. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, it was a very interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, and it, and it was, I forgot where I was. I really had it. Well, I'll come back to it, but it, yeah, it was so heartbreaking, and and I think ultimately somebody who would say that they would take Jesus but not Paul isn't reading Jesus either. Oh, you yeah. said itching ears. Oh, you yeah, brought it back to mind. Thank you. Uh, you said itching ears. That conversation, I was having this conversation, rehashing this conversation with a friend. Mm -hmm. He used that same verse, the same passage. Mm -hmm. You know, with they use itching ears. No, oh, yeah, you know, to to say what they want to hear, they thought themselves wise. You know, yeah. and so I asked this person. I said, okay, so if you think. He, they said, well, I believe that Scripture is God-breathed, but I do not believe that it's inerrant. He said, I think... Oh, okay, I th he, yeah. He, he said, and not just in the sense, like, there should be a comma here, a comma mm -hmm. there, but, like, he obviously went on to say, like, I like Jesus, but not Paul, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, how do you decide, then, like, what 
is true yeah. as is and what should be changed, you know, or should not be taken seriously. Yeah. You know, and I said, he says, well, we, my denomination, we, we have a group of elders who oversee the whole national reading of scriptures yeah. and they determine based on, uh, tradition, mm-hmm. reason, and experience yeah. what is true. Yeah, I mean, that's not new, right? That was going on. That was going on before our scripture was canonized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a lot of talk about like, you know, were these letters saying things that um, we think are fitting for God? Yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, the end result was we got something real good, but, yeah. but, uh, but there were people who were using that kind of reasoning to, to throw out things that made them uncomfortable and Paul, well, right. And so, the, and that's not new is I guess all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely nothing new, yeah. you know, under the sun. And it was interesting to me. It's like, we have the letters from Paul and other apostles, people who are, and from Jesus's words, mm-hmm. we have Jesus's literal words yeah, uh, recorded by reliable historians and we have, um, and reliable scribes and we have, uh, Jesus's contemporaries, mm-hmm. and we have Paul who yeah. literally saw God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and was blinded, you know, uh, and so I think it's very risky, you know, and so like the, this denomination, like they rather rely on the words of men two thousand words. And mm-hmm. So he said, like, well, I believe that that Paul was a sinful man and he can't be trusted. Like, but you're relying on the words of <laughs> equally and probably yeah. far worse sinful men two thousand years later yeah. to determine. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. And I came away from the conversation both amused, but also like, yeah. It was the first time in a very long time, if not ever, that like I walked away from that conversation mournful. Like, mm. like I yeah. remember being brought to tears because I was like, "This is a person who does not know the Lord." Mm. Yeah, and is yeah. ordained. You know, yeah. um, mm. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. You, 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 the itching ears thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to ask you also, we, we talked about this in text message. Like I want to ask you about fatherhood. Okay. You know, you're a new dad. Yeah. Uh, my aim on this podcast is not to bring on people who only, not only bring on people, you know, who are preachers or who are authors who are, you know, been a dad for 20 years or whatever. Like I think it's, there's so much value in, having people who are just a step ahead of you, you know, and I know there's guys who listen to this podcast who are just husbands, you know, yeah. who aren't dads yet, or who are also yeah. new dads. Um, what's that, what's, what's that been like for you, man? Yeah, man, it's been a wild ride. Um, um, I mean, going from, uh, sharing burritos with my buddy <laughs> at close to closing time to, you know, rocking my youngest son to sleep last night was mm. a, it's been a wild ride. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, where do you want me to start with I want that? to know, well, I want to know how, how have you been sanctified through this process of being a dad? Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're a guy who yeah. grew up in the church. Yeah. And I think it's easy for someone like, oh, I grew up in the church. He was perfect already. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but there's been nothing more sanctifying <laughs> in my life than being perfect a dad. Perfect already. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, so I, I'll say 
I'll say a hard thing and I'll say an easy thing, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, the, the hard thing has been to just, uh, realize this kind of twofold thing, which is the, the depth of my sinfulness and, um, and the goodness of God in, in bringing, uh, just kind of n- normal difficulty in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, um, I'll kind of explain both of those. Please. Um, so I'm a, whether self-identifying or identified by other people, I'm a fairly intentional person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you could more or less describe everybody at our church that way. So I, I don't think that that's a unfamiliar feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, certainly for myself, but I think that this is true for a lot of intentional people. We don't actually believe that we're depraved. And, mm-hmm. um, what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, I, I certainly, I would never say this out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've certainly um, behaved as if, gotten angry as if, gotten upset as if, been frightened as if uh, I could get enough things right that things would go really well or perfectly. So, like, I can take all the right steps in rearing my children that... Um, I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt they're going to grow up to be great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I can I can be really focused and disciplined and grow beyond the point in my life where I would commit grievous sin. Um, you know, I could be I could be such a well regulated person I would never <clears throat> cheat on my wife. Right. Or, um. I could be so calm that I would, I would never do violence to somebody or, um, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like think of some yeah, fill mark of maturity and then think yeah. of some terrible thing you could do. Yeah. And like, I think as an intentional person, it's, it, it's been very easy for me to think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if you're not willing to admit that about yourself, at least admit about your children, right? You, I mean, you think you could give them a good enough education that they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You can protect them from enough harm that they won't grow up to be abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You think that you can leave them without baggage. Uh, you know, you think, even if you if you won't admit that you think about yourself, you think that your children can grow up to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, man, being a dad has really helped me see just how wicked I am. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it was, it was striking to me. Nobody warned me about this, uh, when I had <laughs> my first, but then everybody sympathized with me after I had my first. It was just the, the kind of anger that you can feel in the middle of the night when you're trying to comfort a crying child. Mm-hmm. It's just, just so evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And it scared me. I was, I was like, yeah. Oh man, like, do I need to go get help or see somebody or lock myself away somewhere? And cause it, cause it's, it's, it's scary how angry you can be in the middle of the night trying to comfort a crying child. And I, I didn't hurt my son, but, of course, yeah. um, but even the, I mean, even the, the fact that I would say, of course I didn't hurt my son yeah. kind of belies the fact that 
I think I would never do that. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And it was, um, I, you know, I, I mean, this is in public, right? So I should be clear. I did not hurt my son, <laughs> but yeah, you know, realizing just the depth of the, of the sinfulness of my soul. And yeah. then, and then to have a ton of people say, oh yeah, that happened to me too. That happens. That's always in the first few months. It's oh, like, geez Louise, like, why isn't this in a book somewhere or something? <laughs> right. But uh, if everybody knows it's true, uh, yeah. anyway, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's just too ugly to admit, right? yeah, but absolutely. man, I'm sinful. Like I'm really sinful. And like, not only can I, can I not protect my children fully from my sinfulness, but I can't protect them from their own. Right. Mm. And, and that's like really alarming to somebody like me at, Maybe I'm just a control freak, but but it's it's frightening to me. And coming to grips with that has been really good. And and it's like there's not a, a ton of things I feel like I could stand up and tell more experienced dads about, but mm-hmm. that one I do. I, I'm confident mm-hmm. about that. It's like, man, you know, we're all just really sinful, and you can't you can't protect your children fully from your sinfulness or from their own. And mm-hmm. I, and I don't think enough people have come to terms with that yeah um so what's what is the answer then to that well i mean sorry there's no get out of jail free card right uh you're you suck (laughs) right uh it doesn't mean give up though right Mm -hmm. i I mean i love that uh, yeah romans uh oh man i'm gonna mess up the reference but it's like 823 yeah. Or eight thirteen. It's the it's the verse John Owen's mortification of sin mm-hmm. is written around. Okay, uh, is this idea that you have to be putting your sin to death, right? And, and so, like, um, if you have a cheap understanding of the gospel, where you're saved and you're good to go, man, um, you're not going to wrestle with that, right? Mm. It's like if you're saved and you're good to go, how could you possibly have more sin to put to death, mm. right? But uh, yeah. If if anyone, uh, you know, thinks that they're without sin, they're a liar, right? And and so um, we should we should come to terms with that. And and so you know, one outwork, one practical outworking of that is, I should be very aware of the fact that I'm very sinful when I relate to my children. And though I can't fully protect my children from my sinfulness, I should be I should be behaving as if I might. I might get away from myself and do something wrong, right? And, I, and not to say I should live in just abject terror or, some, or self-flagellation, right? right. But, but yeah. just to, like, be real, man. Yeah. Like, you can hurt your kids and, like, come to grips with that. Don't let yourself get out of control because you can, you can do terrible things to your children. Don't, don't be lazy. Don't let yourself get away from your watchful eye and the watchful eye of others because you're wicked, Um and and or <laughs> I should say that I am wicked, right? Mm, but like, likewise, you know, you, you get what I mean. Like, uh, I think one very good application of that is be watchful, right? And I, I think you can very easily defend that from scripture mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you, you should be watchful, right? Uh, Jesus talks a lot in his parables about a master who goes away on a trip about how servants act while the master is gone. And one of those parables, uh, there's a servant who 
he's the head of the house, right? So he was he was a pretty good servant. He's the head honcho, and he uh, begins to beat the other servants, right? And and so how will the master respond to him when he comes back? And I I think the point of that parable is to to understand the fact that like or one of the one of the points of that parable is to understand the fact that uh, you need to be watchful lest you be that guy. Right, don't be that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good application of that, and and especially while my kids are little and I'm tired, yeah. right, is to just understand that, um, you know, if there was ever a time where it's easier for me to screw up, it's easier for You're me tired. to screw up right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, that that shouldn't like fill me with shame or something, but like. It should it should uh, inspire some sober mindedness. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love that answer. I love the, what you just said. It's um. Hey, let's pause real fast. Yeah. Yep. Hang on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We're all right. right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thanks for. Yeah. So I I I th- wanted to say like. I've never. I asked the question a number of times. It's kind of the thrust of this podcast. Like, how do you lead at home? Yeah. And I've never heard it put that way, realizing, yes, I've heard people say that becoming a parent makes you realize how selfish you are. Yeah, sure. Uh, and that's true. Like, yeah. the, that's not to belittle the <laughs> no. truth of that statement, yeah. but you paint such... Oh, it's worse you, than you being a, selfish. Yeah, yeah, you paint a richer picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, haunting. it's way worse. <laughs> it's a haunting picture you paint, and I really appreciate it because it's refreshing. If something yeah. haunting can be refreshing, like it, it, that was, because it really... I'll tell you, man, like nothing makes me feel lower than when I've lost my cool with my five-year-old. Yeah, man. Or my two-year-old. Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. it starts off with maybe an, a hint of righteous anger. Sure. Yeah. You know, over something yep. genuinely wrong he's done that yep. he's genuinely unrepentant about. Yeah. And he genuinely needs to understand that there is a real God who... Yeah. Yeah, it's not like your kids should never see you angry. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes. But but to lose your temper with your child, yeah, I get it. Maybe. Yeah, I've yeah. definitely crossed that line, yeah. you know, and I think yeah. every every man and you know, mom or mom has too. Yeah, like, and, it's, and it's like being drunk, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, just like the lack of control, lack of soberness. Yeah, yeah soberness yeah. is a good word. Yeah, yeah because there, yeah. there's a point where you, you go from, from being engaged in... Uh, the the alcohol analogy kind of falls apart here from being engaged in healthy parenting, yeah, sure. healthy behavior. But then there is that point where you can get drunk off your own, yeah, uh, off your own internal motor, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, they're always forcing you, whatever, you know, because like there's a moment where like, yes, I want my child to understand, yeah, but then there's like almost like you know, the the sinful part of me goes. If you just keep saying it over and over, he's going to get it right now. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Probably not. And I'm, I'm in the throes of uh, giving up on saying it over and over because my son's only two. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh, man, it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's scary what you said. Like, yeah. You, well, and there's a, there's a flip side to that too, right? So like, um, so I, I want to be careful how I say this because I haven't um, I haven't faced like really tremendous suffering. I've I've 
you know, haven't lost a child, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but there's but like everyone normal, has grief in their life. Yeah, and and even beyond grief, just like just normal hard stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I at at some point, um, at some point in 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 college, you know, kind of by the end of college, I think I had kind of um, tacitly accepted that like. Uh, when bad stuff happened to me, it was more random than ordained, mm. right? It's like because it, it's a it's an easy way to not have to blame God for stuff I don't like, mm. right? And and I and then I never have to wrestle with the question of why does God yeah. allow suffering? Yeah. And I just say, well, I just the stuff just happens, man. Yeah. And um, you know, while so so Caleb, um, is my buddy. Man, mm. but like he did not learn how to sleep until the week before Elijah was born. Mm. Uh, so, so like every night, I like lots and lots of times in the night, I was like up trying to comfort him mm. for 18 months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, eventually my cool broke down and it's yeah. just like, man, why? Why are you, why are you why are you letting this happen, God? I'm praying that my son would sleep. Like I don't deserve this, and and you know, aside from the fact that yes, I deserve it, and way worse, right? But like, <laughs> aside from that cliche, like God sends normal suffering, and and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's not random. God kept my son up, and it's not that the world revolves around me either. That he just kept my son up to stick it to me or something. Yeah. But like, there's something um, through that that's sanctifying you. Is what you're saying. Well, yes. And, and not yeah. even in some ethereal way. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, how did I realize that I'm really, really sinful is through that. And hmm. how did I, how did I start to learn a little bit of what it really looks like to be patient? Right. It's, it's through that. And, uh, you know, if nothing bad ever happens, do you really love somebody? You know, it's through that. And um, this kind of things, right? And, like, God God did that, hmm. right? And I, I can say that confidently. I, I don't need to, I don't need that to be random anymore. Hmm. Like, and, and the, the great thing in that, and not that I'm, just like walking on flowers right but it's just like could could i could say thank you to god um in my better moments on those nights and um to be able to praise god for that is really good i i really admire um andrew rubinson's ability to do that Mm um but like and he's probably one of the people i've known personally who did that well but like he's not alone in that either right like martin luther talks about that kind of idea um and and augustine talks about that a lot um and and you know just this idea that like god sends suffering and it's good um you know the picture augustine paints is of how of like the fact that you know, if you shake nasty water, 
you'll get a really nasty smell out of it. And if you shake perfume, you'll get a really good smell out of it. Mm. And so God shakes good people and bad people the same. Mm. And like when the pressure's on God's people, good things result, right? Mm. Praise to God results and, and praise to God for his sovereignty results, right? It's like if God only, only let nice things happen to you, is he really God? Yeah. Or is he just kind of Santa? Hmm. Right. Never and that. yeah, it, it's important yeah. to the sovereignty of God that, that you and I can suffer. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, that was a big, that was a big lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, and, and I'm, I had to be careful to just, uh, cause I, I haven't like lost a child or something and I, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't want to be don't want to be cold to that, but I am confident of the fact that God is sovereign. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe I would talk a little differently if I had been through something like that, but I'm still confident that God is sovereign. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, it doesn't change the fact, you know, how you deliver that to the different people depends on the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just, wow. Um, I think that's a good landing spot as far as parenting. Yeah. yeah, I, I want to ask you a few lighthearted questions okay. uh, to wrap up our time. Oh, yeah, I've just so much. I'm re- I don't know. I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I'm still just thinking about. Uh, I'm still confronted in my mind with just how wicked of a person I am. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good because you know. The healthy have no need for a doctor. And I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, um, and praise God that we have the great physician on our side who sees, who sees us at our, he sees exactly perfectly, perfectly transparently how wicked we are. Yeah. And he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And loves us. And loves us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had this thought, you know, as a worship leader, I had this thought a couple of weeks ago, and it's not, again, I'm not breaking new ground here, like I'm some philosopher or something. Well, yeah, like, well, me neither. <laughs> but, you know, you've heard this, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, small God, small worship on Sunday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I have like a twist on that, and I think it's accurate, but I also have a twist on that, like, if you have a small view of your sin, yeah, there's small worship in yeah. your life. Yeah, well, and, and you know the the story in the Gospels that has um, become you know an eternal story about that is you know the woman who anoints Jesus' feet mm. with her tears, right? Because she says, "Well, if you've been forgiven little, you'll love little, mm. right?" But you know what this woman has done for me will be told you uh, forever, right? And, yeah. and I'm yeah. I'm butchering the quote on that, but like. Yeah. That's the idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. It's, um, I feel like... <clears throat> I feel like my time as a worship leader has become so much fuller because... Not so much, I'd say, because like I know more Bible verses. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, or I'm reading my Bible more, or I'm starting this podcast, or any of the other things that are fruitful yeah. practices. But my time, 
while I'm leading worship has become so much richer and so much more meaningful because I think the Lord has revealed to me through parenting and through any other number of means in my life uh, of what a terrible person I am, (laughs) you know, and how I don't have it all together and I can't carry these burdens alone. And, um, and yes, I do need other people in my life. And yes, I do need my wife and I do need my kids. And, um, I don't know. Like, there's so many. I think, you know, the the, the meaning of this podcast, the Defiant Dad. Like, mm-hmm. as I think about the creation of it and like why I started it, it's like these are all lies that you hear as an American man, even as a Christian. You know, mm-hmm. like you can bootstrap your way through life, mm-hmm. and you don't really need other people mm-hmm. uh, unless you're making a connection that's going to improve your bottom line financially. Uh, you know, or some other weird way. Like, not weird, but yeah. some other. Pseudo successful way, uh, you know, and the truth of the matter is, like, as my faith has deepened, I've realized I don't know. Like, I just, I just, I think my faith is, it's weird. I don't know if my faith is in me because I've realized I'm weaker, I am, or if like I, yeah, I think that would be natural, right? Yeah, If, if the grace of God is what empowers you to live. Uh, and you realize how powerless you are, you see more the work of God's grace if you continue to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jason, thank you for, for spending some time with me on the podcast tonight, man, and just yeah, sharing your wisdom, me. your insight. Uh, I, I'm thrilled that you're a deacon at our church, man. I think you bring so much to the table. Uh, you have blessed my life already so much. And Thanks, so just man. to hear you hear you speak in long form like tonight, you know, um, without time constraint and just it really shows me. Uh, it's really inspirational to me. It really sees like praise what, God. Yeah, yeah, man. Like the Lord's work through you, and undoubtedly you have He has through you impacted a lot of men in our church. Yeah, as well. So I hope thanks, so. Praise thanks for your God. faithfulness, That's good. man. Um, I want to ask you a few fun questions. I ask yeah. everybody, what is yeah. a, what's a book other than the Bible that has significantly impacted uh, your theology? Yeah. You seem yeah. well-read, so I'm kind of I love to read, but I think, like, probably one of the books that really kicked things off for me was The Shadow of the Almighty by Elizabeth Elliot. It's mm. a, her biography of her husband, Jim yeah. Elliot. Um, yeah. It's an awesome book. the dating book that she wrote, like, I'll, I'll somebody oh, I never read it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one of uh, hers that I've read. And yeah. I think I read another one of hers, but I don't think I think I've it, read the I think that the title is good on its own, but today is an awkward title. It's like Passion and Purity or something. Like yes, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, that rings those about, words truthfully understood. I think it's a good title, but yeah, <laughs> not in 2023. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah, it's a, how, that's how, an awesome book. How did it shape you? How did it affect you? Yeah, um, I think it just exposed me to a life of a man who really believed what he said, which is uh, Jim Elliot's like big quote is that he's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose, hmm. um, and. Uh, her biography kind of follows him through a lot of like transitional periods in his life and I, I read it when I was in in middle school right right and and so it was just like um, 
I could I, that really resonated. I really resonated with. I'm that. impressed you read that um, in middle school, by the way. If that's it was true. given to me because I yeah. think I read Hank the Cow Dog in middle school. I did too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't all biographies, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And I I laughed like I was in middle school when I read those books. But uh, that <laughs> yeah, that book was given to me by somebody I really respected, um, yeah. and uh, and it was really helpful. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and and and. Um, did a lot to mold who I became. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any aims personally to do mission work like overseas or? Oh, I would love that. Yeah. 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 I would love that. Do you think that's maybe something that you and Jess are working towards? Um, yeah, I pray so. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. I, I pray that it is. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's a big question. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't mean to put yeah. you on the spot but now. Like yeah. commit now, yeah. but, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know that about you. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's a, um, it was a good book. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really good book. Um, is he totally worth reading? Have you ever seen the movie End of the Spear? Is he the character in that? <laughs> you know, I think I watched that movie, but it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched it once. Uh, that movie is about his, 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 his martyrdom. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I think I watched it mm-hmm. once and just him and the four other guys. Again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's one of those ones that's just, it's so heart-wrenching. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the story's heart-wrenching, right? Yeah. It's it's the real deal, right? Yeah. I mean, he dies, and she and he had a little girl together, right? It's mm-hmm. like, that's this is the things that keep you up at night when mm-hmm. you're a young dad, thinking about what would happen to your family. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's a good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to ask you one last question. Uh, I'm going to put you, I didn't pre- pre- prepare you for this, although if you listen to the I've listened episode, to your show, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to put you into a fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, if you win, you'll receive great fame and fortune. You'll be a legend. Um, you, it's a, it is a barehanded fight, and all you have to do is pick your opponent. Yeah. Would you prefer to fight a single horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Yeah, so I agree with Kirk Bolton in every respect. Okay. And I would... And I would add to that that I, I think I have a better chance. You have to chance. remember what Kirk said. Yeah. Kirk said that he would take the duck-sized horses. Okay. And he would just kick them. <laughs> That's right. And, I do remember uh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was listening to myself answer that question. Okay. And I I feel like, uh, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be better to be overtaken by the horses than to survive the life of great fame and fortune. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man dies at the feet of 100 yeah. duck-sized horses. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Be pretty legendary, actually. Yeah. I well, suppose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. but uh, I would, You know, you're the engineer. The lottery would, doesn't do good things to people, so... Yeah, well, know. I think... I th- yeah, it's true. I think you're... Um, you seem more qualified to answer this question than most, given your engineering background. <laughs> you know, there's no decks at my job, <laughs> no. or horses. Or oh, horses. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> stress testing. I don't know. That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, it's been a pleasure, man. Seriously. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for coming out yeah. tonight. Yeah, and, I enjoyed uh, it. Uh, got a lot of things to think about after tonight, and uh, really appreciate you sharing your heart. Thanks for having me. If you have any feedback about today's show uh, with Jason Small, I'd really love to hear from you. Send me a message straight from the homepage at defiantdad.com. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, do you think you could share it with a friend? 
uh, maybe consider leaving me a five-star rating. It's a really easy way to help boost the visibility of the show, you know, please the algorithms as you will, so that more dads like you and I can hear the life-changing message of the gospel. Uh, if also, if uh, you're on Instagram, I'd really be honored to have your follow there. The name is The Defiant Dad, all one word, that's The Defiant Dad. And of course, this is The Defiant Dad Podcast. My name is Andrew Sullivan, and I'll catch you next Monday. Thank you so much for listening.